Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we should have been saying good morning almost 15 minutes ago, but uh, yours truly uh, is foolish and dumb and tired all the time. And uh, so last night it was about 10 degrees cooler than it has been for the past week. And uh, it's nice and cloudy and dark out right now. So somehow while I normally sleep in and wake up naturally at around 7 a.m., uh, it was about 20 after 10 that I woke up today. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I don't know. Uh, congrats. You got some sleep. That's good, right? If you're perpetually I, <laughs> sleep yeah. deprived. Well, I mean, I napped yesterday too. So mm. I, I, the hours on the clock that I was unconscious were greatly uh, expanded yesterday. Um, somehow being old uh, and out of shape has also caused me to like put one of my lumbars out of uh, place. So uh, I, I actually didn't sleep very restfully, even though I should have. Hmm. Um, it's like as I was sleeping, it was restful. But then every now and then I'd wake up with a twinge of pain. That's not fun. I... I, I... I, I don't know. I also get like weird. <laughs> we're old. I also get like weird pains and stuff uh, pretty often. I I didn't sleep at all last night, but the night before I slept, I think nine straight hours, which was incredible because it's the first time it's happened in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, the good thing is, even though I didn't really sleep last night, I can, I can like I'm kind of coasting on two nights ago's nine hours still. So Yeah, it was like the opposite for me. Um uh, at my, my expense. Be, well, because it's been so hot, um, mm -hmm. we've got an air conditioner that's in our office, and mm -hmm. our office is the biggest space in the house. Like my, it's like a, a double room sort of. My wife's got a big computer set up. I used to have a, a VR set up there, but now because she's doing remote work, she's got two computers in there. Um, and then I, I've mm -hmm. got a computer. Uh, in the other side of the room but because this is where our air conditioner is like we're working from home we're not crazy people we're not going to put the air conditioner in our kitchen mm -hmm. um uh our, our kid actually has a japanese style futons as his bed mm -hmm. um so we just pack up his bed and, and move it onto the floor of our office and he's been gleefully sleeping in there all week with the air conditioning while which you means guys suffer. <laughs> what, yeah, while we suffer, and and more importantly, while I don't get to play video games on my computer, um, <laughs> so uh, we finally moved him out there because the temperature was was low enough that we felt like he didn't need the air conditioner uh, Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So uh, because I had won back some freedom, I, I stayed up till two a.m. playing video games. Yeah, those are the best nights, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They really are. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could I could talk about air conditioning and fill this podcast if I wanted to <laughs> with fun stories. But but should we talk about computer games? I feel like we've 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 queued up this topic and let it float a few times. Yeah, so. yeah, we've 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 queued it up and and that was my attempt at transitioning into it by talking about playing games on my computer. On the computer, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I feel like nowadays the lines have blurred quite significantly, but especially when we were kids, back to this <laughs> reminiscence type topic, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they were just, I don't know, it was like the style of what a computer game was was so different generally mm -hmm. than what a, a console game was. And it was almost like you had the people that like computer games and the people who like console games and you could kind of draw a line in the sand and say, okay, you're one of those people or you're one of those people, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting because uh, I think maybe when I was like, four or five or something i cannot for the life of me remember what the game was but we went over to one of my parents friends houses 
and and so you know if i'm four this must have been like 88 mm-hmm. um i don't know how common it was for people to have pcs back then um but they did and and they had a game that was very much like something you'd play in an arcade game like the, the best thing that i can think of is, is that it was like a, a space invaders where you have aliens that are coming down from the top of the screen but only like one at a time or so um and you are like on either like the moon or a planet or something and you've got cannons set up and as the aliens come down if they like touch the ground they they destroy your planet um and so you have to shoot at them from this gun that's like at an angle um like it twists around kind of yeah so like i wish i could remember what that is that because that's like probably the first game i ever remember playing but we didn't have a computer that <laughs> so uh, and I was so young. There's, there's just no way of me remembering. Um, but that that was very much like arcade. But when I started getting into computer games, I think around ninety three ish, um, our next door neighbor had a game, uh, had a computer, and I got so fascinated with watching her play mm-hmm. games. And she had like King's Quest three, uh, three. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, which is the the only king's quest that i've played that i haven't been able to beat because it's it's like a on time a timer <laughs> that it, game it was, that game was, taught me that game taught me what a, a chamber pot is i remember playing <laughs> as a kid and there's a chamber pot you had to empty at the start of the game and asking my parents and they, they were like well here's what it is and I, I always every time i not that i ever hear people talk about chamber pots but when it comes up i think of that game awesome yeah. story i know yeah, it was it was I, I don't know. There was something that felt like so insanely magical to me about that, because I think at that point I had been playing Nintendo games mm-hmm. um, and and I don't know, probably the most complex game I played was like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or something. Sorry, Dragon Warrior. Um, mm-hmm. But and like Dragon Warrior is kind of complex. They give you menus. You press the button and then you walk over the stairs and you can choose stairs or you can <laughs> walk in front of a door and you can choose door. <laughs> Your threshold for complex is very <laughs> or was very low. Anyway, yeah, sure, sure. sure. Um, but but seeing like the King's Quest game where it was a text parsing thing and, and you could type in everything that you needed to do, that to me just like blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I had i guess a somewhat similar uh uh i don't know what the word is awakening to computer games if you will um kind of uh but it wasn't with king's quest uh, although i did play that series fairly early i think for me it was uh the first civilization game because mm. everything about that just screamed like computer to me at the time right like you need a computer this is not a console game like it was mouse based it was all complicated it was very like like console games. Things always like scrolled around everywhere, and it was like kind of more fast paced, and there was music, and it was more actiony. This was like a calm, sit down and quietly play and click your mouse and make decisions kind of game. Which I think there's not a ton of those on the NES, and certainly um, like which is what I was playing at the time. Uh, like Civilization, I think the first one came out in like 1990 ish, like it early anyway, and. Uh, I don't know, like that game just blew my mind, the first civilization, because there was nothing like that really in consoles, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, now that I'm aware of the the entire library of all these different systems, like you can go and you can find like, I don't know, Romance of the Three Kingdoms or something. It's kind of, it's like a strategic game and it's more, more in line with what I'm describing civilization as. But um, even 
there was actually a, a Civilization port for Super Nintendo that came out afterwards. I don't know if yeah, you we, we, that was actually the first version I played. That was the first version. Well, yeah. I, it, it kind of, it was, that, that version was very, I mean, all those years later, I guess it wasn't probably that many years later, but it was even 91. On, for Super Nintendo? Are you sure? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that came out on Super Nintendo in 91? Uh, uh, actually, no, 91 for PC. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up when Super Nintendo was probably, I don't know, 93, 4, I guess. Okay, so, okay, well, still, it came out in the same era. Three years is yeah. a very long time. Like, yeah, 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 you go yeah. from whatever, seven years old to 10 years old. Like, the game, like, that's an old game by then. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, like, it was so, I don't know. The Super Nintendo version of computer games are always just very different in a weird way, but it just felt very, like, underpowered, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. that game to me was like, you know, this is what a computer game is. Um, and that was kind of before, like, I feel like a few years later, shooters were what a computer game is, right? Like probably yeah. around ninety four five. Like you didn't really have too many of those type games on a console, but they're everywhere on PC already, right? It, it's interesting because I mean, I played uh, SimCity for the first time on Super Nintendo. Me too. Yep. Civilization for the first time on Super Nintendo. Simant. So, so Simant on Super Nintendo first. It, it was it was interesting because like later on, I found out Civilization was on PC, mm-hmm. uh, Civilization two or whatever, and and. It, it didn't feel like I should be playing it on a PC. It felt like a Super Nintendo game to, to me. Well, that's funny that... because that's how <laughs> that's my experience with SimCity. Because <laughs> going from Super Nintendo, so I don't know, the Super Nintendo version of SimCity was like, I don't know, very Nintendoized, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. cute, and there's cute characters, and you have this guiding character, and the manual was super fun to look through, and there's all this cool music. And the computer version was very quiet, uh, I don't know, rigid, everything's gray kind of game. Uh, so yeah. I get it. You, maybe you had a similar civilization experience. You played the like pretty up, very musical Super Nintendo version first or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to find 1991. It's it's too hard to find screenshots from the original. Um, yeah, like I'm I'm comparing screenshots of the two right now, and it's like the the 94 version that was on uh, Super Nintendo looks prettier. Like you don't have menus across the top of the screen with the word game orders advise all that. Like <laughs> there's there's clearly more color in the in the background sprites and stuff too. Like I don't know. I I don't disagree. I think something about I mean, like especially on the older systems, like the look they had was very characteristic, right? Like a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. game had that color palette. It had that I don't know that style to it. Like if you like that style, like I, I just loved how the Super Nintendo SimCity looked and played. I just could not go back to the PC version, <laughs> so I totally get it. There, there was something interesting to me where um, games like that that are sprite based, I felt like they belonged on a console. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like yeah. the, the the stuff that I was like very interested in, and and it's totally just like what you're introduced to first, I guess. Like mm-hmm. when you look at the sprites and they've got more colors and stuff on a console, you're like, what? Well, why are why are the computer doing that? Whereas, where I was looking at. Uh, my neighbor playing King's Quest or and and Space Quest and Quest for Glory, like those were vector based mm-hmm. things uh, initially, right? Uh, and and so those screamed computer to me. Like if I saw something that was trying to replicate that look on a console, I would have just been like, "What the?" <laughs> and and I don't think there was anything reproducing that yeah. almost until like Star Fox or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean you kind of just had this situation where the computer was the more powerful system. Um, and I guess that was, that was, that kind of came out of that. I don't know. For me, I guess like another, another thing um, I always felt was like, 
and it, it 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 was real like it wasn't just me imagining it, i think anyway but like obviously when you wanted to release a game on nintendo you had to go through the nintendo approval process mm-hmm. and like get their seal of quality and stuff and so you didn't have like i don't know adult games or like i guess like the shittiest imaginable quality of game it seems like a lot kind of made it onto the console but generally like things weren't like broken beyond belief you know what i mean like it, that approval yeah. process made for a curated uh, set of games obviously whereas like on pc at the time anyone could just dump a game out and so you had a lot of i certainly had a lot of um like i want to say adult game i mean like not like sex stuff but like like i had like a game called barbarian and you you were just it was almost like just a one-on-one fighting game where you had to like cut the other guy's head off and if you successfully cut his head off there'd be like blood everywhere you know i mean totally ridiculous but as a i don't know whatever seven-year-old it was like yeah (laughs) and like you're not gonna get that on nintendo right like that's it's cute cuddly characters kind of image at the time right yeah um and even kind of now i guess uh but like i had i think i mentioned last episode or a few ago um i had a atari st computer mm-hmm. which was a fantastically cool gaming machine but it just had a lot of these really like i don't know like adult games like just bloody games or like not like i don't know like leisure suit larry kind of like sex yeah, yeah. joke silliness stuff right that kind of thing yep uh leisure suit larry three i think is on my to-do list for this year <laughs> did you beat one and two then yeah i beat one and two a long time ago um i there was like a collection of them on sale at, at gog.com a few years back so I, mm-hmm. I bought like all of the quest for glory all of the king's quest all of the space quest police quest uh and, and leisure <laughs> suit larry is like i think i got all of them for like a total of like 15 dollars or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, funny so that's less than a dollar a game, and it's just like, yeah, I, I gotta buy these. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, yeah, I only played the first one. Um, I think I played uh, one. Let me double check. Actually, uh, video games. I like how if I can just type video games, it uh, Google knows that I've visited my spreadsheet enough times that it will take me to that. That's your uh, go-to. Yeah. So, Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, one two and five i've played so far played through uh, like finished yeah start to finish and you know they're kind of satisfying because um there's i i have a real soft spot for those old text parsing games yeah be- because they that. just they feel so open in being able mm-hmm. to do stuff um and um oh i'm distracted for a second because i guess number five wasn't text parsing that was the icon based stuff maybe that's why i chose that is because they had switched to icon and i wanted to see how it compared Mm. um but uh leisure suit larry 2 i think is one of the few uh text parsing games i've played where i never needed outside assistance wow so in other words (laughs) I, i assume that's a like that's a compliment to the game yeah it's it's like it's it was just at the right balance where mm. you could figure out all the puzzles on their own. I feel like that was part of their strategy way back then is like they, with space quest one, for example, um, you evacuate, uh, your spaceship that's been blown up mm-hmm. and you crash on a planet in a, uh, escape pod. And then you have to cross the desert to, to kind of figure out where to go. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't think to like search under your chair in your escape pod and, and retrieve some water, then you end up um, like an hour later, you dehydrate and you die. Wonderful. And 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 it's like enough time passes that like 
you could have visited a lot of areas so you have no idea exactly what you've missed it's like some of these puzzles used to be just like they made sense if you knew the solution they, they made sense but um there was a, it's like designed for maximum uh irritation but yeah <laughs> so i mean those those were like the games where you learned you know save frequently but don't save mm -hmm. over your files save yep. like multiple files <laughs> yeah i mean that was even in like the civilization days uh, you know I, I, now as an adult i kind of like to just throw it in the wind and take those chances and not have the ability to go back but as yeah, a kid yeah. like my my civilization save file was like, <laughs> like <laughs> a sequence of 300 of them for every year or, or whatever yeah yeah uh but the quest for glory games those are those are like my favorite games ever um Wow. But I needed a hint book. I, I needed a next door neighbor to help me figure out the first one. And and to be fair, I was like eight at the time, maybe. So mm -hmm. maybe that'd be different. But the second one, like I needed their official hint book in order to get through it. Yeah. And they and they sold those. So of course they're making the games just obscure enough to that people need to buy those. Yeah, just in, uh, just obscure enough and just engaging enough that they don't they they stay in that middle area. Right? Yeah, like <laughs> like I I I loved the. the 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 fantasy of of quest for glory too like being able to talk to people and ask them questions and you could ask them about stuff that's not relevant to the story and get little jokes and stuff out of it and and you could always try these things but they that one was another game that was on a timer basically um and so if you didn't think to find like the, the the magic lamp and the 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 stuff that goes along with that or the the bellows in order to capture the uh wind elemental on the day that it destroys the everything and it's game over yeah <laughs> like it's it, i don't know how you would figure out those puzzles necessarily it's like the thing appears and then i think you have like two days to defeat it mm-hmm and and doing like whatever research it would take to figure out how to beat it i i don't even necessarily know how you would go about doing that uh i think that's where you start saving your game in different slots each time <laughs> yeah but yeah because that's the sort of thing where like once you defeat it you or once you've lost to it you have no choice but to go back several days and try to figure out what what you is missed. the weakness to this thing that you had no way of knowing was coming yeah i you know i also have a soft spot in my heart for these kind of games but oh, like a game does that kind of thing to me once, and I put it down for the rest of my life. Honestly, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it just uh, I hate the like, you know, you missed this thing X hours ago. Yeah, that's it. You're done. Yeah, I I don't have much patience for that in in modern games. But you know, when I was a kid and I only had access to a couple of games, <laughs> it was like I I it didn't aggravate me, and I I kept at it. Uh, I mean, I guess it did because I somehow got the the hint book. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I mean, different era too. Like, <laughs> you'd buy the one game and have the one game, and it would be the weekend, and that's what yeah. you have to play. And so, like, what are you going to do, right? Like, you can't as easily just trivially, I don't know, return it on Steam and go do something else or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, like I love those games. I I think I do enjoy both. I do enjoy kind of the the open ended type everything game, um, and I do enjoy the like what you described, like Leisure Suit Larry Five as kind of the more guided clicking game um, when it's done well. But I think both have to be done well <laughs> to be mm -hmm. like really engaging, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, I I can't. I'm like sitting here trying to think if I've finished one. Like I believe I've beaten King's Quest Five, 
which was clicking. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I think that was a clicking game, right? You, yep. you beat those ones? Yeah, I think that was, I think one through four were text and five was the first clicking one. Is that right? Um, I don't 100% know. I When I played five, uh, I played that on Super Nintendo, I think. So that was definitely clicking. But I don't know if it was different Pressing. on PC. Pretty sure it was clicking. I, I think I if I'm, I might be four, four, five, and six all used icons. Four as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I remember five was like a big hit. And I, I don't know what it was that was like particularly incredible about it, um, such that it was a hit compared to like four or three or something. Maybe it was just prettier. I thought maybe it was the icon thing. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of surprised to rec- be told, be reminded that four was like that too. Four was, four, four, you used the princess or something. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, which which that's also on my to do list this year. Yeah, Princess Rosella. Um, yeah. Um, actually, I, it's it, it's hard to tell. I'm just like quickly trying to find this print number four. I don't think was icon actually. I thought it was text. I thought five was yeah. this like introduced this icon interface and did it really well, and it was like this big hit. And then you kind of saw all these other games come in that use the same interface. That's how I remembered it. Like yeah. that was the, um, the big, uh, like that was their big innovation or something. Oh no, I I'm just looking through the reviews here and it says King's Quest Four picks up directly after the third one, even interlacing their respective end and intro sequences. So now I feel like I can't give up on three. I have to go back and finish that one. <laughs> just uh, uh, watch a let's play or something. Maybe yeah, three was uh, so. Like I said, that my my next door neighbor played that, and I, I that was kind of what hooked me on mm. on PC gaming was was seeing this and, and being able to type stuff, and and I tried that maybe three years ago, mm. and and it, you have to like fulfill a whole bunch of stuff before this wizard who's your master, you're his slave. Uh, if you don't do all this stuff at the right time, when he comes back from his outing, he kills you, mm-hmm. and and it's just like. Uh, yeah i i i hate having to just like use a walkthrough step by step in order to get through a game but i i feel like i can't figure that one out Mm -hmm. what is the time limit uh, like what does it cover like is it the whole game like you could beat the whole game in x time uh king's quest three time limit i don't don't know and they don't actually show you the timer i don't think (laughs) um if you haven't defeated him by 4.30, I don't know. Uh, let me search for that. Uh, control F, 4.30. Uh, I, I'm just reading uh, that this this guy kills you if you don't feed him. This also applies to de facto time limit to the game. If you haven't defeated the wizard by 4.30, you always die because there are no more meals in the game for him to eat. In actuality, to have any hope of winning, you must defeat him by 3.30. Um so <laughs> so they do waste any more but, <laughs> um <laughs> so i i don't know what that means though in the context of this like mm. i don't know if he's like the final final thing in the game or if there's more to do after you beat him um i get I, i'll look into that more deeply when i'm not uh, on the podcast clock. <laughs> right i have a i have a little intruder so hopefully he's not gonna make noise <laughs> but with him, there's, there's probably no hope. Um, 
Yeah, do you? So I was always a big uh, Star Trek fan. And <laughs> I played Twenty uh, Fifth Anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've played that. I, yeah. I just thought, yeah, that was so well done to me. Uh, maybe partially it was probably because like I was a, a fan and whatever, and they used all the real voices and they got yeah. a lot of things kind of right. But um, even like the the stages, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was put together really well, and there was like it was episodic, right? So you could take mm-hmm. say King's Quest Five, but it wasn't like a big sprawling adventure. It was like broken up into seven parts, and I actually liked that a lot because, I don't know, it just felt like it was like if, say, King's Quest V was like five little games instead of one big one, right? And mm-hmm. one of those stages had a time limit. Because I remember um, the third stage, you're on like a space station and there's like some gas. Yep, that's the one that I never made it past. <laughs> you're majorly anti-time limit. I did make it past, and I agree, I'm not like a huge fan of time limits, but like, you know, if there's a little sequence in the game where you have to do it, it's like Metroid where you're running away from the explosion or something, right? Or like the exploding base, you have to get out in time or whatever, like five minutes. Okay, right? Like I, I really don't mind that, yeah. um, little sequences. And so having one episode with a time limit wasn't terrible, I thought. Also, it was like within the... Also, within the, within the time limit, you had to like, I don't know, there's only like three or four things you had to do. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like a sequence of 40 things and you're like rushing and rushing. So... Yeah, um, you just had to figure out what those things were. Or I think there was like some chemical combination you had to get right with like these canisters. I don't know. Um, great game though. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Uh, to prepare for this discussion, I made a list of like my favorite uh, PC games I enjoyed playing growing up uh, earlier than 2000. I think that was our, our decision. Our, yeah, yeah, our yeah, yeah, yeah. Time and th- that was obviously uh, early 90s. I don't know. I really liked that game. That was a. Uh, I thought they did a good job of taking a licensed property, yeah, and do, making interesting stuff happen, and then using that that icon click interface. What, what year yeah. was King's Quest V? I assume they got uh, it from them. Uh, let me see. King's Quest V was 1990. Yeah, yeah, okay. So then this was the following year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember at one point uh, my mom actually bought the bought us the Interplay 10-year <laughs> anthology classic collection. Uh, so so that came with a, a bunch of games from, from Interplay, which was like... Uh, I remember trying The Bard's Tale and hating it, and The Lord <laughs> of the Rings and hating it. Lord of the Rings? Uh, was there a game? Yeah, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings Volume 1. That's funny. I, that was uh, that was actually my first introduction to that um, world. I'd never read The Hobbit or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and that game was not... Uh, <laughs> not Put you it. off. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the, the 25th anniversary Star Trek was part of that, and then uh, Out of This World. So those two games yeah, I yeah. remember playing. Yeah, out of this world was fun. Yeah, I, I, it was too hard for me. Uh, that's it's too hard for me too. But believe it or it not, cool. <laughs> believe it or not, that one's also on my list to play this year. <laughs> wow, you're going back. You're circling back to the the good old days, I guess. Yeah, I've got uh, the 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 oldest games that I have on there for this year are Leisure Suit Larry Three, uh, Another World. I, I, oh, why did I write down Another World instead of Out of This World? That's, uh, both both names I think apply. Isn't one the European name or something? Uh, another that might be world out of this world. Yeah. So it was out of this world in North America. Okay. And another world in in other places. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, same game. Um, and then the the King's Quest one, or sorry, King's Quest four. Yeah. Right on. Uh, right on, right on. What's what's something else on your, on your list there? Let me look. Okay, there's another game I wanted to bring up, and it's not that it was like like I don't. There's nothing particularly, particularly, particularly like PC-ish about it. But have you ever played uh, Bio Menace? No, I don't. Oh, think I thought that so. was the coolest game. So it's a it's a platformer, like it's a computer-based platformer. It looked kind of cartoony, like you know Commander Keen 
palette, right. like EGA looking stuff. But I thought it was really cool because you're this guy with a machine gun and you had to mow down aliens, nothing too unique, but but it didn't show the bullets on the screen. Like it was like a real gun, right? You just point right. the gun at stuff and you press the button and then they explode into like blood or whatever. And you're like, it felt like real. Like I never felt so empowered in a game. Like I'm not even really into, you know, like blood and guns, violent games, but like at the time anyway, like instead of like a little, you know, pew bullet across the screen, like you just hold a button and you mow down whatever's at the other side of the screen. That was like the coolest thing ever to me. (laughs) So, um, very, uh, I don't know in that sense, like at the time, I don't, there was really no other game I was aware of that did that. And it felt great. Like it didn't feel weird. Like I I didn't feel like I needed that little visual bullet moving across the screen. Um, Yeah. And the game overall was just really fun. It was just like, uh, like if you think of Mario games, they're just these long, like left to right stretches you have to make it through, right? Yeah. Whereas this, it was like there was cities with with these crazy buildings you had to kind of go up, and it was all like yeah, one level. Lots of ladders. Yeah, like you go up and through the stage, and then you go through the city, and like it was very like like what I was saying earlier about being like adult. Like there's dead bodies everywhere. Like it was just really like for me to play that game was like whoa, you know, I'd never get this on Nintendo. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Even now, I kind of like it was a big thing to me then, so I would I would play it again. I had this, like shareware was a thing back then, right? And I yeah. bought this uh, this CD, like when when CD ROMs were still super novel in in home PCs. I bought um, this disc of like a thousand shareware titles. And they were basically just demos for real games you would play, right? But of course, I just obsessed over this and played through all these these games on it. I'm pretty sure Biomenus was on there. That's how I knew about it, and so I bought the full game and played it. But there's a lot of other stuff on there that was a lot of fun. So that definitely, uh, that's kind of my my PC like the games off of that disc were a lot of things I played back nice. in the day. Um, another one, uh, I talk about this a lot. It's definitely not your kind of game, but um, ZZT. I thought ZZT was the coolest thing ever at the time. Again, um, I know ZZ Top. <laughs> ZZT. It was so it was what launched Epic Mega Games by Tim Sweeney, Tim Sweeney's okay. ZZT. It was, I, I forget if it was his first game or his first big hit or what, but like what we now know is Epic Games with Unreal Engine and everything yeah. all went back to this ZZT game, which was entirely uh, ASCII-based uh, kind of overhead adventure where you move the smiley face ASCII character around. Yeah. <laughs> and what made it special was, it was kind of like what you're saying, like with the text adventure games, like you could, so in the actual game, you're like moving around and shooting bullets and doing things. And there's a lot of cool puzzles and stuff. Like for what it was, it was well designed. Like the, the world design and stuff was well done. But like you could interact with people and talk to them and do stuff. Yeah. And it, it had a world builder. And so you could build your own game with all the same tools. And so you could program the characters. So it was really neat. Like you could put an enemy there. And then you could write a script essentially. Like at the time, I didn't like it was just that was my kind of introduction to programming. And so you could program this character to do certain things and it was really really neat uh, like you would interact with them in a certain way and so that was kind of my introduction to making games um and so like i had a community of like my neighbors played it and another kid at school played it like i, I knew people who played it so we would make levels and like share them with each other like it was just a blast at the time that was a big one for me well i'm 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 kind of fascinated because as you're talking about it i'm looking it up and and uh, i was trying to see if there's any way that i could get a hold of it so i searched uh zztgog.com because that's the most obvious place for me to look um and so on their forums under the quest for glory series someone starts talking about it and apparently there were fan games for quest for glory made in the style of zzt there's a website somewhere called zzt vault or something and it's just hundreds and hundreds of games that people have made and of course a lot of them it's like something like, like star wars games and this and that and what was really neat is like you were quite constrained in the kind of game you could make right like if you 
just load a video of ZZT in YouTube or something, you'll kind of see it's just this overhead, like it's almost like Dwarf Fortress. It looks like Dwarf Fortress, but on like yeah. a lone adventure kind of thing. Except people would like kind of break it and make new games out of it. Like, like I remember someone made a platformer basically, and what they did was like they made an invisible. I'm trying to remember. They made an invisible character and they programmed him so that anytime you pressed some button that character would move up and then back down and it would push your character up and back down so that it looked like you were jumping and then they right. programmed a bunch of other invisible characters to like push everything on the screen like like you couldn't like you made characters like literal things on the screen that did stuff and that's what you programmed so people would make them invisible and then program them to do certain things so that it was as if they were like changing the game mechanic itself like they'd have those invisible characters push things around so it looked like things were moving and just like the ingenuity i guess at the time was also very interesting it was just, i don't know it was just a lot of fun um nice great intro to you know programming and making making games to like a, a very young person nice in, in a very primitive way so that was a lot of fun that was definitely a big one for me nice yeah yeah for uh, for, for me it was interesting in that era like there, there were some of those shareware games that i played um um, I, th I think that's how I originally played Wolfenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was um, there was another adventure game called Hugo. Hugo uh, Sense of Horrors. Yeah, Hugo, yeah. Hugo. Uh, there were three of them. There's the one he's on the island. What was yeah, the, the first I one? Um, it was it was actually only the the second one. I think I played the one on the island. There was definitely three. I think House yep. of Horrors was the first one. The island was the second one. Uh, uh, oh. Great. Um, well, uh, there was there was a lot of Hugo games apparently. Oh, were there? Like Commander game. I'm looking at Hugo Winter Games, Hugo Saves Christmas, Hugo the Magic Oak, Skyler's Revenge, Hugo in the Hut, Hugo. Qu like there's <laughs> there's a lot. Well, um, I was aware of three, and I thought Horrors was first, and the Island was second. It, yeah. Okay, so there's uh, there's the classic Hugo series. Uh, oh, man, Hugo two, Who Done It, Hugo three, Jungle of Doom. Okay, so Hugo two was who done it and i guess it's a mystery kind of thing yeah that's vaguely familiar yeah wikipedia is not helpful i didn't realize there were that many titles the hugo trilogy there you go uh yeah so i i had the 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 jungle of doom jungle of one um and and you know that was just like the sierra games like so so yeah that was very much my era <laughs> and then and then uh um yeah we we had a friend who gave us i think doom 2 yeah and um um heretic heretic yeah <laughs> i and, was gonna say it before you did and i mean the, those i was more interested in heretic than doom like i'm more interested in, in like thematically uh, fantasy thematic mm -hmm. stuff as opposed to science fiction mm -hmm. um so but I, about, I don't know what, what were you gonna say i was i cut myself off because i was gonna say what about descent but it's it's sci-fi sci too um, but if you played no, i never tried that one. Oh man this descent was awesome at the time because it was like what would you call it like it was actually 3d like you could like look up in the air because you're a spaceship so you change right. your orientation so you're pointing straight up and then you fly straight up like whereas like doom i mean even the way it was implemented it was like whatever it wasn't really right. 3d um right and so like you're just you know turning in a, in a 360 degree circle or whatever yeah. um and so descent was another one of those games that was like whoa actually the last uh last packs i went to i forget if it was the original creator of descent or just some guy i don't know but somebody had made basically like a descent for the new generation kind of thing um huh. of course there's a lot of those uh, uh happening in the indie space i notice or they get attention anyway um but i don't know it's nice to see some descent love i guess yeah yeah it's interesting um 
No, I was just going to say, like, for, for me, for, for whatever reason, the, the shooting games didn't really appeal to me. Um, I was never a shooter person either. Um, so I, I was kind of sticking with those things. And I remember at one point the uh, the Quest for Glory anthology came out that had all of them. And I was just like, oh, man, I've never played three, four, or five. And I've just been dreaming of these. And I got to get them. And I, I number three. Um, no good. I'm I'm trying to remember. I feel like I, I, I didn't really get anywhere in number three, but I was like, no, I think my neighbor had number three, so I knew a little bit about that, but mm. I was so excited to try one that I had never played before that I jumped straight into four. Okay. And you start off in a cave, and as soon as you exit the cave, there was a game-breaking crash. Um, <laughs> and and I, I I just couldn't figure out my way around it. I, I just I was constantly dying. And, and I guess there was something where, like, uh, my clock speed on my computer was too fast for it or something. And okay. so it's just, there was no hope of ever playing it on my computer. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure that this, yeah, this was still uh, before I had the internet. So like I had no idea how to look any of this up. I had to take it back. And, and uh, my mom was, uh, the computer store let us return it because it was like the same day. And he, the, like they were the ones that sold us the computer and they had kind of a good relationship with us, but they told us like, we, we don't do exchanges on software. Like this is the only time we're ever going to let you do this. And so mm. my mom didn't buy another computer game again. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, Brutal. and so like, that was kind of it for me pre two thousands. Like I, I just, <laughs> wow. Never... <laughs> wow. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> And and I kind of had that attitude for a long time too. Like it, it wasn't until two thousand six ish or so that I I got back into playing computer games after I, I like almost graduated college because I had this attitude of like what you were mentioning earlier with the like Nintendo quality seal of approval or whatever. I felt like when you buy a console game, the game is targeted and it it's going to work on that system. And when you buy a PC game, there's going to be so many possible incompatibilities that you're just like playing roulette. And so I, I was really soured towards PC games for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I kind of went, yeah, I kind of went through the same thing. Um, I remember going back to Star Trek, the Star Trek 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. My God, I don't know what your experience was, but me getting that damn game to work. Like you had to Mm -hmm. configure the EMS memory and map it in a certain way. Yeah. And then, like, depending on your, what was it, auto exec and config syst files, like, they would boot certain things and you had to change that and make a special one just for this game so it didn't mm-hmm. load other things into memory. Like, it would, And then in a modern system, like, the game wanted, like, when we got a newer computer and I thought, finally, the game's going to work again. And, like, it, it was configured to look for the memory configuration of, like, an older yep. OS. And so it wouldn't even work on the newer OS that should, that would have the kind of the, the leeway to play it. Like, oh man, just trying to get that game to work was hell. You can make yep. it work on DOSBox pretty easy nowadays, of course, but at the time, yep. you know, that was crazy. Um, and then I remember when my dad, um, he went on like a business trip to like Malaysia or something. And they had a, a shop selling pirated computer games. <laughs> so he bought me mm-hmm. some. And it was like, look, these games only cost a dollar each. And it was like the first uh, Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And I think also uh, Command and Conquer. And anyway, our computer was too old at the time. And I think we didn't have like a good video card or whatever. And Tomb Raider, without exaggeration, was probably like 0.5 frames a second. <laughs> but it would load and I could see it and I could hold the controller. And it was obviously reading the input and doing the right thing, kind of. But literally, the screen would update every two seconds. So it was unplayable. But like, 
but still know, exciting it's, it's, it's being dangled in front of me right yeah <laughs> so yeah there was a lot of sourness uh, about that yeah 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 um i uh, feel like there's a lot of computer games that were like super popular that i didn't really play like monkey's island or monkey island rather um i don't know did you play that or like Thief? no was that 2000 or before 2000? so so i did try thief the original one but i actually only tried that like uh maybe six years ago mm-hmm. and uh it, it doesn't hold up particularly well in my opinion mm. um it, it was like supposedly groundbreaking at the time like for the stealth genre um mm-hmm. and, and i can kind of see why but it's it's just uh by today's standards it doesn't hold up i i i found the same when i tried going back to playing uh ultima one it's like it, if you look at certain games at the time that they came out, they were like full of ingenuity mm-hmm. and, and I can definitely see how they inspired everything else, but they're so rough around the edges that when you've played much smoother experiences, it's, it's really hard to go back to them. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I agree. I mean, I think part of it too, like it, I, nostalgia drives a lot right like if you grew up with those games you mm-hmm. probably have a huge tolerance to go back it's like for our generation i feel like nes era like it's harder mm-hmm. to go it's hard to go farther back like atari i just i get bored in 10 seconds but nes i could play for hours and hours and hours and it's like the first system to me anyway that's like really get replayability mm-hmm. and i can try to i can try and uh, uh objectively justify the statement right like it, it's the first one that like you could make out what's going on and you could save your games and i don't know whatever right compared to say mm-hmm. atari first home mm-hmm. system maybe probably whatever first mainstream one but like i could see like you know whatever youngsters now might have a harder time with it um although i don't know my my younger cousins played the old nintendo but anyway whatever i totally get what you're saying i I think for ultima around i know you're not a huge fan of the series around five is when Mm -hmm. i really liked it i really liked five and six i feel like seven onward were just too i mean you know me i like like gamey games i don't like like guide me through a story type stuff as Mm -hmm. much and seven eight started to go there more so i found whereas like five and six were just really crunchy games they're kind of like what you're talking about with like what you like about king's quest it's just felt really open and you could do tons and tons of things and the games weren't like say ultimate one two three like the experience you had where it's just like this ancient game and you're moving this character like just like five and six felt very almost like super kind of in between nintendo and super nintendo era kind of they remind me a little bit of um uh robin hood prince of thieves on the on nes like that that kind of game but like apply like a whole bunch of like almost like king's quest type like typing interactivity to it um yeah i don't know those were a lot of fun for me but i totally get what you're saying with the earlier ones okay well we're coming up on time here for the episode i think any any uh, any last games that you want to throw in there that were uh, essential Jeez. to your childhood <laughs> well i have a huge list here um we didn't talk about uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. I really enjoyed that game, but to be honest, I mean, it was it was just another like icon click interface type game. Really well done yeah. though, um, but a lot of fun. There's a lot of one last one closing thought from me. I think yep. computer games just feel more. I don't know. I don't even know if this is something I could back statistically, but it just felt more vast and like I don't know, like untracked. Like I feel like there's a lot of games I played in my youth that I just could never find again ever. Mm. I just search for the titles. I type like you, you go on Reddit or something and say, I played this kind of game. Anyone have any idea? And everyone's like, eh. Um, whereas like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, I don't know, like they're more finite. Like if you remember a game and it was on the system, you can probably find out what it was. So there's just a lot of games I played that I can't remember the name of. There's one of my favorite games on the Atari ST was this really cool game where you were 
I guess you were in North America. It had a map of North America and there was an alien attack and you like mm -hmm. would build bases around North America on your map and then they'd attack and you could build different like types of bases. Yeah. And after the attack ended, you would like heal up different areas. And it was just really cool because since it was North America, like including Canada, which is rare at the time, right? Mm. I, I thought it seemed <laughs> growing up in Canada, everything was US, US, US. So anytime yeah. Canada showed up in anything, it was like, wow, right? And so yeah. like I could actually put a base in Toronto or in Nova Scotia or whatever, right? Or yeah, like I mean, Mexico too. But that's that's still a recent phenomenon. Like I remember us having a conversation a few months ago when we discovered that Canada was part of Civilization Six. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever see the movie, uh, what is it, Outbreak, where there's an outbreak that kills everyone in the world or whatever? It's like a, a, a maybe more dangerous pandemic, I guess. Um, I, no, I just... <laughs> no, I... I, I i i was considering seeing it and then the pandemic happened and then i was like maybe not right now yeah <laughs> fair fair well i was just gonna say there's a there's a scene so like the whole movie takes place in the u.s and there's no i mean basically the rest of the world dies or it's like out of the picture right away because it's just i don't know they just didn't want to include a more i guess international view to things but i remember mm -hmm. at one point there's there's a map tracking like the spread of the virus mm -hmm. and it likes i don't know it was just kind of funny because it like spreads through the whole u.s and then just stops at the u.s border and they're like, this is end day. Like once this happens, that's the, that's how long, that's, that's our time limit for the movie. Right. Yeah. But it was like, I forget if it originated in the U S or what, but like it, it went from the center to the borders. I don't know. It was just a really funny scene. Cause like, it's just very Americentric, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the vast amount of games I played that I can't remember or even name is unfortunate. That's my closing thought. Well, it's, it's interesting. Cause, um, where you're saying games are kind of on track like i think that's like i was drawn largely to sierra like mm -hmm. i i played those and the, the the last game i wanted to mention was gabriel knight sins of the fathers like okay i loved that game and it had voice <laughs> acting like it had tim curry mark hamill michael dorn leah Remini, oh, wow. like, like it, it had like a budget that went into it um and it it felt like such an alive world mm -hmm. um um but that's definitely a trend that I was noticing. Like I was much more willing to to go with stuff that had been published by that company, and I mm -hmm. kind of trusted them the same way as I trusted stuff that had been published by Nintendo or Sega. Mm -hmm. Versus like you, you went into Zellers, and uh, <laughs> I read a news story with Zellers the other day and laughed about it. If you went into Zellers or Kmart and you went to their entertainment section where they sold all the Nintendo games, they would also have like one of those spinning racks full of shareware games. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of just discarded anything like all these little indie things. Like that's what Ultima was originally. Like there was no publisher. It was a, a guy just started selling floppy disks out of the, some stores, right. Mm -hmm. In a Ziploc bag. Um, and I, I just kind of tended to discard that, but you're, you're right. That's totally the, the, the whole indie scene was happening there mm -hmm. uh, yep. on PC. Yep. Totally. That's, that's funny. I, I get it actually. It's kind of my attitude towards console stuff. Like some new console maker releases a new console and immediately you're kind of like suspicious if it's, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like I, I felt very safe going with the Nintendo console and then these companies that made these games that I was aware of, whereas computer was more of like, a wild flip to buy some random game by some people you've never heard of or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of just, I don't know. Shareware was cheap. It was like a dollar a disc or something. Yeah. And I just, I like inherited, I think I mentioned last time I inherited the Atari ST from my grandfather. So I just, I kind of had this stuff flowing into my house <laughs> regardless. So it's, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really seek it necessarily, but I, I totally get the attitude. Well, there we go. Some, some there pre, uh, pre 2000s games to, to, float the nostalgia boat yep 
All right. Well, uh, we got to wrap this up. So uh, I guess uh, we'll see you next time. Yep. Till next time.